Hi, Changemakers. This is Change That Happens, the podcast. I'm your host, Peggy Mapulensipe, an advocate for change and social impact. This podcast seeks to engage in transformative spiritual conversations as we seek to explore how to create change within ourselves and within our communities. Our guests are changemakers, creating spaces where change can happen. because I'm really interested in people who are selfless um, because we are bigger than ourselves. I know the work that I want to do is about people. I know that is that is the Lord's work for now. I have this knowledge, I have this, but I want to do something with it and work with people who are doing the same. So last year when I saw your name and I was following you, I'm like, this is the girl. Yeah, yeah. Um, for me, it's something that I always knew I wanted to do. Um, I, th- I think it started off at home, you know. Um, your parents kind of like set the tone and lead by example. So this was something that we, my siblings and I always just grew around. My parents have always just been very selfless in the sense that it was never about them it was never about any material objects it was about experiences and how you make others feel and how you how you change um people's lives it doesn't necessarily mean by things of monetary value or giving people money but it's just how you make them feel and how you left them compared to how you found them did you add or did you take from someone did you, what did you give and I think for us, it was always an emphasis on sharing your light yeah. with people. Because oh, yeah. with me, it, Peggy, it's all about frequency. Yeah. Like I can literally tell, I might sound like a hippie, whatever, but it's about what I get from you. Mm. And for me, I think emphasis is everything. If, if you realize that everything is about intention, like the intention behind it, for me, it's always about sharing your light, right? So the work that I do is something that I always knew that I wanted to do. And this is so sad because we we doubt ourselves as people. For the longest time, I questioned a lot of things. It was, it was things like financial security, like safety, for instance. Like if, if you literally put others before you and the work that I do, you often feel, like I said, it's never about you. So are you going to leave a nine to five job that is that is going to pay you every single month? Like you guaranteed financial security or are you going to say, okay, I'm going towards my life purpose. Like I want to live a purpose-driven life. So a few factors that kind of hold you back, but not hold you back in the sense that, oh, you have doubts because you're lazy or you're not willing to put as much work into it, but it's just realities of the world, for instance. So things like security. Secondly, it's things like, things aren't always going to go your way. It's not like I'm a multi-millionaire. It's not like I'm a rich child. So where are you going to get the funding to do the things that you want to do? But here's something that I learned. When you learn to trust the universe, 
it's like things just happen like stars align and god just brings all these amazing people in your life that have the same life purpose as you and things just start to flow and things come from nowhere opportunities present themselves you end up meeting people that believe in the work that you do that want to make a difference it's it's like things just start to come together i like how you talked about um it's not that you don't want to do it but it's a matter of security and factors yeah factors factors have been have played out to becoming so important to us but not only to us mm. our our parents and our grandparents children right and they've sacrificed so much for us right so mm. our we expect that we need to be able to be so secure financially because yeah 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 you want to go and work and be social yeah, they invested also exactly all the exactly. are attached to social impact work i saw this other quote the other day or a meme and this woman was saying if i was to wait to get all my ducks in a row before making moves i would you never move type of thing you would wait for exactly Exactly. So sometimes in life you just have to go with the flow and deal with what you have right now and make it work. How do you worry how people feel around you and what they give to you and what you give to them? The other thing that has been the most important with our generation is being inclined to hearing God and to say use me. Yeah, like God use me. It's, it's very important to have these conversations with him and to manifest things and say use me as your vessel lead me with your voice yes. you you so right the, the catalyst of our generations is that we are mm. we are searching for ourselves in a deeper way we're searching for ourselves mm. in um in a more spiritual way where we are saying it's not about what everyone else says success is it's about what god says success for me is i'm going to listen to that voice because Um, and you feel it you feel it but sometimes you choose to ignore it i feel like have you ever been in a certain setting or around certain people and you just felt like your spirit wasn't right or your like low frequency in terms of energy you your gut feeling like right that says mm. right now it's a no or not right now or yes the same feeling same feeling that says don't go there go here same feeling that says Um that's God. That's God. It's the same it's the same voice. Yeah. Um so you were talking about your work and we were talking about school and children. Let me tell you how it started for me. This is what I've always been passionate about. Children um and wanting to see these children be given equal opportunity so that they could also live to their fullest potential, correct? So you find um certain community outreach programs in your communities and you feel the need to be involved yeah. you gravitate towards these things but you don't take them seriously because this is how you were raised okay so let me tell you where i was born and yeah. all that so um i don't know if you know a town called Clatsdorp yes. in the northwest yes how do you know it <laughs> okay so i okay, i family go from Clatsdorp I family go pre. So I have family go Rustenburg. So we're not go high. So northwest. Okay. Okay. So as you can imagine, a small town and small town people 
tend to be very different from big city. I don't know if you get me. So for me, it's 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 kind of like things that you grow up seeing all the time. Like it's it's not something you taught or it's not something that it's not like you get a big family meeting and your parents say this is what you have to do. It's it's in you. Okay, so let me tell you how Ghana started. So what was supposed to be a 16-day volunteer trip um, ended up being me falling in love with Ghana. Not just the people, but the culture. And I always make a joke and say, I feel like I was I was probably West African in my previous life, but it literally just feels like home. It feels like home for me. Okay, so a few days in me being in Ghana, I traveled to a small town. It's a little coastal town called Cape Coast. It's like a very historical town because this is where Almina Castle and the Cape Coast castles were. Um, when when it comes to slave trade in the West, in West Africa, yes. you can't talk about slave trade and not you mention Cape Coast. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so I, I just did a tour and I'm so emotional. Like I'm literally crying because I'm like, oh my gosh, our people have gone through so much. It's a lot to take in. Heavy, heavy, heavy day. Yeah. So as you step outside of Cape Coast Castle. I'm even teary-eyed now just thinking about it. So I walk out, as you walk outside of Cape Coast Castle, it's it's kind of like the beach yeah. area. So this is the beach. And I'm literally walking by the beach crying. And out of nowhere, three little boys start walking towards me. Um, these kids don't say anything to me and one literally just comes and hugs me. Literally burst out crying, hugging a stranger, yeah. literally a nine-year-old, 10-year-old from nowhere. And so I look at these kids and I'm like, it's 11 o'clock, what are you guys doing here? Why are you at the beach? You're supposed to be in class. Like, what are you doing here? And they were telling me about their life story. And this one, Kojo, is telling me how they lost their dad and their mom sells fried plantain mm-hmm. by the streets just yeah. to provide for them. So they can't afford to attend school. Like, how are they going to go to school? Mm-hmm. Um, because their mom literally cannot afford to take care of these three boys and put them through school. And I'm just listening to them talk. They're doing more of the talking. I'm not even asking a lot of questions. It just clicked in my head. I was like, no, no, no. Everything that happens, happens exactly the way it should. I was supposed to meet them for a reason. They're telling me their story for a reason. And this is God literally talking to me. And he's saying, I'm telling you all these things through these kids and you best do something about it. I don't know how you're going to to do it but you best take this conversation that you're having with these kids apply what they're saying and make things happen and it just clicked for me it's like I had this aha moment and I was like this is definitely not my last trip here I'm going to continue coming to this country and I'm going to make a difference because I might not be able to give Kojo and his siblings what they what they need I might not be able to put them through school, but I'm definitely going to make it my life mission to ensure that the Kojos of the world get to meet people like me that can actually help give them opportunities that they could never 
be exposed to. A few years back, I read a book that literally changed my life. And I love this book so much in the sense that I've gifted copies of this book to so many people that I hold dear to me. It's just one of those books whereby I've probably read it like seven or eight times. That's just how good it is because I can always reapply what's being said in that book and refer back to it. It's called The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren. There's a time when I really went through it in life. I'm going to call it depression, even though black people don't. I mean, I come from a family where but my mom is also one of those people that are like, no, there's no such thing as depression. One most don't do um, just deal with the emotion and say, rappella type of thing. Yeah. But it came in my life when I really needed it. And it just made me wake up and tap deep into my soul and just rediscover myself and show up as my highest self wanting to do better wanting to become an active citizen that serves others and after reading that book it it, it made me change a lot in my life as well I don't want to say a moment of enlightenment but I just started changing the way I lived and the way I related to people in terms of my relationships and life became more about experiences with people living in the moment trying to give my best self and also just taking care of me like a lot changed around late 2017 for me like from changing my diet people don't get it people don't get it when you say because I started going on a plant-based diet and people just never got it but I felt like for me it was I wanted to make a total change in everything so I didn't want to deal with negative energy mm. and it it went as deep as even what I put into my body but a lot changed for me and that book had a, a huge part in the path that I decided to just take That's when I started being true to myself. You can talk to this today that the work that you do in these communities is not only about education. It's about something No, it's 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 so fulfilling because you go in thinking this is what I'm going to do work with a specific school, but you end up looking at the entire community and saying, "Wow, they've actually benefited from the work that this specific NGO does because you find they end up employing the parents of these children to come work at the school you find things like a community garden for instance whereby the entire community benefits benefit from they end up selling the fresh produce from the specific garden they have a meal to eat every single day from the specific garden you find women that will create certain bead work or bags for instance that they can actually sell to communities and tourists and stuff and all that comes from the work that you do and you look back and you're like wow it wow it goes a long way it really does go a long way and it's so fulfilling what other issues are there surrounding the work that you do that come up like um um we'll talk about education but what else like you talked about girls and confidence for instance yeah okay okay so okay 
for instance, if if I'm traveling to a village, I know that the issues that I'm gonna face there are way different from if I was traveling to a city, a school in the city or a town, for instance, because in the villages, you still find um, all these socioeconomic issues that play a hand in keeping a girl child from school. For instance, it's still this thing of if, if, if in a family we have two children, it's usually more than two, but if we have two children, um, the pair, the mother would rather send the son to school because for a girl, her biggest achievement in life would be to find a husband and have children. So what do I do? I'm going to take my son and I'm going to put him in school and my daughter will be taught the things that girls are to be good at, which is to do all this house work and prepare her in terms of being a good wife in future. We've been let down by government and certain things need to be implemented for for every child in our African continent to have access to um, quality education yeah right um but i think another this really this is one that really touches me and i feel like it's teachers because when we talk about teachers when we talk about teaching as a profession i feel like we should be saying look yeah we're sending our children to school so that they can get all the education they need but I feel like it all starts with the teacher itself. A teacher can really have an impact in how a child feels about education, attending school, and wanting to give their best when it comes to academic work, etc. Right? So I think teachers in general need to really put in work. They need to they need to decide if they're there for a paycheck at the end of the month or if they're there because they genuinely love children, one. And secondly, if they are passionate when it comes to teaching and sharing sharing the gifts of the world with these students. Mm. Correct? Yeah. Um, I, th- I think what government needs to do when it comes to teaching and the teachers, number one, I feel like our teachers are underpaid and that contri- that can contribute to yes. these teachers yes. that feel like they don't need to be involved and go the extra mile for a, a learner or a student for instance you find teachers that literally don't care if there's someone lagging behind they will just move on and say statements like like I, yeah you on your own type of thing yeah. and you can't do that to children because children don't develop at the same pace and Mm -hmm. certain kids don't learn at the same you can't move on to a next subject or topic not having all your kids understanding what it is that you're trying to teach them etc another thing we need to make sure as government that we provide quality training to these teachers 
because I'm sorry, but some of these teachers do not know what they're doing. And Peggy, I don't like talking about this because I don't want them to know. But sometimes when I go on the work that I get sent to do, they're not even aware that I'm low-key evaluating them as well, like these teachers. Like it's about how you interact with your students. Are you delivering? Are you prepared? What are you teaching your students? Are you emotionally invested or are you just there? Are you just a vessel that's just literally taking what you taking from the textbook and teaching these kids or are you involved are you finding practical ways of getting your kids involved and them understanding are you giving yourself are you is a school that i worked with and i had to fill in because there's a teacher that was ill he had like a motorcycle accident and he couldn't um come to work so luckily i was at that specific school for 2 weeks so i could fill in for him and this this one particular student that i always spoke about um in the staff room and i said something's wrong with this child like i didn't study psychology but it doesn't take a rocket scientist to figure out yeah. that there's something going on kohai like there's something going on at home and i feel like you guys need to check into it and you know you have different teachers say stuff like oh no that's just her personality that's just the the person she is like she she's shy no she's an introvert she she doesn't like participating in class but you see that no there's something wrong with this child's behavior you could literally just be passing her desk and the child will get what's up yeah like something or you put them in groups you put them in groups that's why i like working with certain teachers and saying i want you today i'm just going to sit at the back of your classroom and you do your thing and then maybe tomorrow let me have the class so that i incorporate a few little things that i think would be beneficial to you and most teachers are like wow amazing literally a few weeks later maybe like a month later month and a half i got a text from one of the people managing the school on behalf of this ngo and she yeah. said to me she said to me to me you will not believe the story that i'm about to tell you but you were right we then found out that the child was actually pregnant during this time she had been re- repeatedly abused by her mom's boyfriend okay in my head i'm like as a school as teachers how did you guys not see that some why did it have to take someone otsangontle literally someone from a foreign country that does not know these kids to tell that no 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 something is up but maybe to me maybe that's what we need for oversight maybe the opportunity mm. here is is for people who don't come from that cultural context that mm. countries that background yeah to see. yeah and that's why we um that's why i believe in the saying that uh, a prophet is not famous in their own hometown mm. um uh where where yeah. you have to go to zambia or you have to go to ghana and you mm. have to do that work there because that's what your purpose is 
yeah. coming from a different yeah. context and cultural background and viewing someone and saying, and maybe that's what the work is. It's us going mm. to different places and say and seeing because we are fresh mind, our perspectives are fresh. We're not from that culture. Do bear in mind when you go to these different locations children are different you find for instance i find that my kids in zambia were more um they weren't out there like the ones in ghana the ones in ghana are very full of life Auntie they feel very free and do and say in a very respectable manner what they feel they they are very self-aware of their yeah. surroundings and they are free Whereas, and I think it has to do with different cultures as well. Whereas um, the kids in Zambia in this specific village were just a bit, like you have to remind them, you have to be like, guys, just be like free. I don't bite, like what's wrong type of thing. You know what I mean? So I just felt like you are right when you say that maybe this specific school or the teachers were not aware that no man, something's wrong here because they're used to their kids being... In as much as we are building organizations to help children study within a school environment, you know, are we giving that much as organizations? To teachers. Are we, are we yeah. helping them? Like, are we saying, these are also human beings with lives, with challenges, mm. with things that are going on in their lives. In the same system, are we saying, hey, we're gonna, get, we're gonna go for a retreat, uh, a training, Mm. Uh, which is needed yeah workshops. workshops workshops they need these workshops yeah. Yeah. So, so in the same breath if we want to elevate so it's like um, a triple helix society needs to come together the government needs to come together and private business needs to come together where yeah, we have private entities and entities we need to say okay we want to elevate the lives of everyone involved in education under this umbrella. Under yeah. this umbrella. So we need to make sure that the teacher's well-being financially is okay. We need to make mm -hmm. sure that their emotional, mental state, spiritual state or whatever is fine, is taken care of. They need to go under serious evaluation. I feel like if you're going to deal with children, you, there are a lot of tests that you need to take. Yeah. You need to take psychometric tests. Yeah. We need to know that we are entrusting you with our children and you are going to take care of these children. I'm going to take my school in Ghana for instance. I'm saying my school. <laughs> it's not my school, but I, I like calling them my adopted school because it literally feels like family now. Yeah. On a Friday, on a Friday, on a Saturday, I was shocked. The first time I went to Ghana and I saw that kids actually go to school on a Saturday, I was like, no, 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 what are we doing to these kids? Sorry, but they need lives. Let's give them a break. And they, they actually explained it to me. The kids are the ones that actually want to come to school. They are so invested in wanting to, they want their test levels test scores to be up there that they're willing to literally say in the mornings i'm willing to sacrifice my saturday morning go to school because at the end of the day it's beneficial for me yeah. i remember the first time i was like no why are they coming like are they preparing for do we have some tests coming or something and they were like no 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 these kids literally want to be here and also bear in mind in these communities you still find that school is like they safe haven it's one place that they can literally feel safe there's clean water 
there's food there's electricity there's food so for them it's and this is what we need you know there's this saying that says i might get it wrong but there's this saying that says school okay i'm going to get it wrong <laughs> okay but let me just sum it up it's it basically says a good school is a place where a child can feel at home when a child does not feel loved at home oh, kind of like the the kind of like the love kind of like the love and the safety i have it somewhere in my phone i'm going to i'm going to send it to you it's i took it it was one of the little codes that a specific specific school that i've been to had in the staff room and i took a picture of it and i said i love this because it kind of says we as a school are, are willing to give ourselves to your child the love the attention the knowledge everything that your child is not getting at school we want to give that to your child but what else do you think needs to change another thing for me personally i'm talking about essay because we are this rainbow nation and we have all these amazing official languages i feel like don't you feel like I feel like this is important because we talk about inclusion and I'm thinking about don't you think sign language should be part of the curriculum? Yeah, we should. Definitely. I feel definitely because I'm like <laughs> we're talking about inclusion but why are we not including people that cannot communicate the way we do? How are we going to communicate with them? just language inclusion in the sense that we can't be forcing our children to either choose between Afrikaans as a second language or Zulu as a second language or Setswana as a second. like we need more diverse options for our children yeah. feel like sign language should be there okay yeah. i want to ask you something i know yes. that um <laughs> i know that i'm a guest but i want to know who are your top 3 role models who are the people that you look up to and that inspire you to be the great woman that you are um so i think role models and um, people who've inspired me i don't people it's, i don't think there's anything cliche about this it's my mom mm-hmm. okay i love that it has to be my mom because mm-hmm. i've literally seen her life transform in front journey yeah Um I've seen how she's grown into being a young mom, grow um her children, give us everything mm. um and fight for everything in a way mm. that is not out in the streets with um a banner but in a way that mm. I can recognize that this person has got pure love for me and will fight for me. to to have everything that i have and that i need in my life and that's played a very big big role in the woman that you've grown to be Because yeah when yeah totally at, when i look at um how i fight and uh, uh, how i f- want to fight for women and women causes mm. is because my mom first fought for me as a young girl oh wow you know wow, she that's so she fought that's for me to get the education that i wanted I remember my mom was selling Tupperware for me to go to university. Mm-hmm. Um wow. my mom was doing many other things to make sure that all of us just to provide, provide yeah for, for, for her children. 
and something she didn't get right something something she didn't she overlooks because she was literally like i want them to have a better life right as a single parent and i think my mom is first my my role model and every woman that I love her thinking and every every woman that comes before her or after her my grandmother great grandma people mm. that sold into the life of my mom for her to give me a voice i remember wow. when my mom had to leave my, my an abusive marriage with my dad and she left mm. and she she yanked herself out and and, and she did it for, for you guys for i salute it. anyone that can uproot and say no 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 this is not serving me or my children we deserve better and she, i applaud that so much she left that situation and she became stronger and this is us watching this woman evolve mm-hmm. right and i think i've never been scared of evolving i've never been scared of starting over i've never been scared of starting because over. you because that's what you saw happen right exactly. before your eyes yeah and i love it falling in such a beautiful way and it should forever be like my my day one and my number one because that's who i talked to like when i was written mm. in anxiety she would hold me you know when i was when i was saying i should be i shouldn't be here in life i should be here i should be doing this she would say no you should be here and i you exactly where you should be yeah. you know and things so, happen so exactly the way you should one. and i think she gives me the strength to be able to do the work for women which i know which I don't know which I'm yet to meet mm. um because she's shown me what being a woman a black strong woman black vulnerable open open to mm. her flaws open to her mistakes talk to us about all of these things right about us and building a friendship with us uh, as as a daughters uh, and just transform life with us and transform with us you know that's number mm. um I when it comes I love this. I love this because it it helps me understand you better and yeah. from just this it So I think I love it. I love it. And I think another role model that I have is women. Just women. I don't have any role models. I'm a cosigas. Mm-hmm. I call them mama cosigas. Um women inspire me. Women mm. because of my mother, because of how resilient she was. because she's growing three strong black women because we so are in a powerful that has three strong black women right who are vulnerable who are strong women. who allow themselves to be exactly. who they are and because so they in I, a safe space yeah when i see other women and i always that's why i always feel when you, when you were talking earlier and you were talking about its ego no i would not saying it's not ego it's the spirit and i've always felt a spiritual calling to work with women and mm. i'm inspired by women because black women are the sh- are so strong so black resilient so powerful we've gone through so much that the world has given yeah. us on our shoulders but when we come out we come out and we take Amazing. everyone out with us those are my role models it's not specific names not people who are follow it's pieces of mm. um that keep me going it, i'm so glad 
that we're having this conversation, that we had this conversation this morning, because I, I, I hope that people that listen to this will be inspired to also just live in the now and be true to themselves and to be the change that they literally want to see. It doesn't matter what it is that you want to um, use your voice for or those that you want to help, but it really does start with you saying, what better moment than now? Like, let me let me roll up my sleeves and literally be involved in the things that I say I want to see, the change that I want to see or talk about. So thank you so much. I really loved this. I think we should do this again. Yes, we should. Thank you for giving me your voice. And thank you for giving me your mind and your soul. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your time. Thank you for having me on this podcast. And thank you for sharing sharing yourself with me. I loved this. I learned so much from you today. I learned a lot from you. it's people like you that make you want to cultivate and nurture this sisterhood that we keep talking about but people talk about it but you don't really see it it's people like you it's sisters like you that make you want to say you know what i'm saying it as a compliment (laughs) no we need these conversations so thank you so much um exciting (laughs) exciting exciting Thank you so much. Exciting. All right. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your day, Peggy. Thank you for being part of our conversation. Follow and like us on Instagram and Facebook at Change That Happens. Listen and subscribe to us via Apple Podcasts and SoundCloud. Thank you.